And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Hi, welcome to the Mentors Radio Show. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today. It is so good to be with you. Have you ever been in a position where you might not be quite doing what you really want to be doing and you're seeing something very different from what you've ever done before and wondered about making a pivot? We'll be tackling this question today and more with a guest who has done it and very successfully. Before we dive in, there are three quick reminders. We love your feedback and questions. Leave us a question anytime, 24-7 at 844-610-8255. That number again is 844-610-TALK, 844-610-8255. Like us on Facebook at The Mentors Radio, and you'll find all of our shows and show notes there with three free links and giveaways at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. Okay, let's get started. Today we are delighted to have as our guest mentor, Lynn Fisher. Lynn is a native of Pennsylvania. She went to the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, She has uh, spent a great deal of time in consumer marketing from ice cream to wine and then made a successful transition to healthcare and is today the CEO of Title 21, which has been named one of the 20 most promising biotechnology solution providers. She has also been named one of the 50 most empowering women in business. Welcome, Lynn. Thanks, Tom. Well, since this is a story about mentors, what is your story? Well, my story goes way back to the neighborhood of Ingemar in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I didn't realize, I didn't even know the word entrepreneur, but I was one. And whether it was from my vegetable garden, selling uh, zucchini and uh, the vegetables I grew, or to giving dance lessons for a dollar a piece on Saturday morning on my parents' uh, back porch, um, I always had that entrepreneurial spirit from a young child. And who were your mentors that led? I mean, you went on to the University of Pittsburgh, and your degree, I believe, was in communications and English. copywriting yeah, and English right. and all of that. And who, who influenced you to take go down that road? Well, my father, and he had a very different path. He kind of grew up at the Aluminum Company of America, Alcoa, uh, worked as their young, one of their youngest uh, attorneys, who then became the general counsel and would always counsel me, you know, not necessarily to go into law because it was quite boring. And he made it very exciting and pivoted his career to apply his legal mind to merger and acquisition work. So he's always been my mentor um, in business. And at a very early age, like at 13, uh, he had to give a speech uh, in uh, Jamaica and he brought me along with them, and I got to meet the Minister of Mines of Jamaica. And so I grew up around business, and he always had a very creative entrepreneurial mind, but he was a corporate entrepreneur. So after business school, and I wanted to move west because I loved the, the feel of San Francisco, and I joined uh, E&J Gala Winery because really I grew up with uh, – the beautiful advertising, the Hal Reine ad advertising they would promote, and I wanted to work for their marketing department. Yet, when I was at Gallo or then Dryers and M&M Mars within the wine group, I was always a corporate entrepreneur. 
So I always created things, new brands, new businesses, you know, and started from a blank sheet of paper just within the construct of a major um, corporation. Now, I also know that you were a, a, a way to use it as a Johnny come lately in one sense, in the sense that, from what I understood, did you did not want to speak or talk to anybody early in your life. Well, I don't know that it was a choice, my, um, but I didn't utter a word until I was about two and a half, and I think you know my my grandparents were very concerned about me they thought i was deaf so they were always startling me with pots and pans or dropping something and see if i'd jump um they were very pleased to see me jump um so they they figured out that i wasn't deaf but i didn't say much and i think i was just observing i didn't have anything brilliant to say at that point so um it it taught me like in the boardroom to listen and to be a keen observer, not only of what people are saying, but how they're saying it and take a more organizational behavior approach and a 30,000-foot level to what's really going on in the company. And your degree, again, at the University of Pittsburgh, your undergraduate degree was in? English writing and communications. And communications. Yeah. And um, what was your big takeaway in your, uh, from your four years at Pitt with regards to the communications? Well, I was very fortunate, and I did a lot of internship while I was at, at Pitt. I worked in the radio station. I wrote for the Pitt News. I was on the debate team, and I clearly understood that I didn't want it. And I also interned at KDK, the first uh, TV station. I quickly realized that I didn't want to go into that field, and I ended up just kind of by luck, becoming a copywriter and working for a very large ad agency. And then the reason I decided to go to business school, it was very simple. I, re I was in many meetings where the client was making all the decisions. They could rewrite the copy if they wanted to. So I thought, what is the fastest way to get in that seat? Aha, I'll go get my MBA and focus on marketing, and then I can become the client. For the ad agencies and tell them what to do. Well, we're going to come right back after a break with our guest mentor, Lynn Fisher, who is the CEO of Title 21. And we're going to talk about moving from ice cream to biotech. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. My pillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632, 1-800-890-6632, and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. Hopeinacan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Katherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. And now, 
Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, welcome back to the Mentors Radio Show. I'm Tom Laurie, and today we're with Lynn Fisher, the CEO of Title 21, a company that she was a co-founder of and a primary investor from uh, the get-go. But her story is particularly interesting is that she didn't come into biotech from biotech. She was in the world of retail or marketing, I should say, brand marketing of ice cream and wine. So you you got your MBA and then you went, I believe you went to work for uh, an ad agency? I went to work um, after business school for Gala Winery. Oh, it was the ad agency yes. before business school. Yes. But you, now, from what I understand, you were fired from that first job? Yes, I was. So it's kind of a funny um, story because I was the writer that got to work on um, Pittsburgh Brewing uh, Company's campaign when they introduced light beer. Now, I am dating myself there. It was hugely successful, this Icy Light radio campaign. The Icy Light was, the sales were going through the roof. The president calls me in shortly after um, this big success, Pittsburgh Brewing Company. They're thrilled. He calls me into his office, and here, I think he's going to compliment me for doing a great job. Well, he actually told me that um, the ad business was tough, and they were needing to cut about 15 positions. This would be the first cut. And he said, but Lynn, We'll pay you for the next two weeks, and you can come in and use the office. Well, in that moment, I quickly pivoted just because, hey, I didn't have a job anymore. My dad had counseled me for years, go get your MBA, do something, get out of that flaky advertising business. So I actually used the office at HBM Creamer to study for the GMAT that was being held given literally two weeks from then. Then I got into Pitt Business School, the Katz Graduate School of Business, and started started my uh, marketing and strategic planning curriculum. And then after graduating from Pitt Business School, I called up uh, Apple. I called up Ernest and Julio Gallo. And I said to them, I said, you know, creativity in business is a very popular topic. I've actually been paid for my ideas as a copywriter. And now I'd like to um, move out west um, to the Bay Area because I just love um, all the opportunity out here, especially when I was young, seeing all the steel mills close down in Pittsburgh. So um, Gallo offered me a job. Well, that's uh, an interesting story, and I have to laugh because my dad was in that flaky advertising business, <laughs> ended up uh, retiring from it. So there's a personal connection there. Uh, if you're just tuning in, it's, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. More information is available on the web at thementorsradio.com. I'm Tom Laurie, and we are with Lynn Fisher from Title 21. So you get fired, you pivot, you get your MBA. Were there particularly with the pivot after you're terminated, uh, how did you emotionally deal with that? Well, you know, I, from, from when I was very, very young, I've always been blessed with a lot of faith, a lot of faith that, that sometimes it's the only way for God to get you the miracle when the universe moves you. Um, I probably would have never left that, that job just because I love to write. And, um, you know, I thought I was doing pretty well. <laughs> so, so you know, I quickly realized that, you know, my love of learning and I wasn't going to allow anybody else to define who I am and who I want to become. Um, so I just always kind of was a Pollyanna about it. And that has served me really well in life because even in adversity, I have abundant faith. And I just move through it, and I'm open um, to whatever may come, um, and taking as much control as I possibly can <laughs> in in the meantime. Which is hard to do yeah. in life. <clears throat> so you went, 
uh, from school out here to E and J Gallo. And then you found your way to Dryers. Yes. Yes. And I was extremely happy. That's Dryers ice cream, everybody. Yes. Um, I was extremely happy at Gallo. At a very early age, I was given a lot of opportunity. I had big ad budgets. I got to work for with Saatchi and Saatchi and develop ad campaigns, um, beautiful animation, 30-second spots for tots, sparkling wine. I got to oversee the, the Canadian business for both retail and the restaurant business. And I was really enjoying my time there. And one day, a headhunter contacted me, and I said, I'm happy. I'm absolutely happy. And he said, well, I don't usually do this, Lynn, but I'm going to tell you the name of the company. It's Dryer's Grand Ice Cream. And I said, you know what? That's the only name that would pique my interest. And so next thing you know it, I'm, I'm at Dryer's interviewing, and my father always gave me very good advice as my mentor. He said, go find someone who's really smart, really a good person, and go learn from them. And so it was less about leaving Gallo and more about joining Dryers, a great company culture, to actually work for um, my boss, Jim Farrell, who happened to be a Cornell engineer undergrad in a Harvard MBA and a really wonderful person. And... You went on at Dryers and put together the Mars candy. I think it was, was it just Mars Snickers and M&Ms and things. And for everybody out there, that's why you can buy ice cream with Snickers and everything in it. Lynn led that effort. Tell us a little bit about that's a big change for ice cream to start mixing candy like that, retail candy. Yeah, it surely was. In fact, I'll never forget because it was at a leadership development um, offsite. I was very involved in leadership development at Dryers. I was fortunate enough to be part of that um, development of that curriculum. So there was our initial offsite with the senior management. Well, in that I think they got to know me a little bit better and um, talked about talked about more about what we want to do, what impact. And so I was approached to say, hey, listen, Lynn, I think since I had that experience of working for Gallo, a privately held, very successful company, and Eminem Mars today is still privately held. So they thought that I would be a good bridge builder because I would I was the general manager of the joint venture. So I worked 50% for M&M Mars and 50% for Dryer's Grand Ice Cream. And I was the advocate for for that business and basically had to work quietly um, because nobody could know about this joint venture. Remember, um, Nestle owned 25% of dryers at that time. So we had to keep it very quiet. So all the work I did in the product development with the sales force getting the feedback, all the consumer research had to be done very quietly. And then we launched it, and to the surprise of everybody, and it became a big, big success and sold lots of, lots of Snickers and M&M ice cream. Now, did you have children at that time? I did. And I you must have been did. a hero. Oh, they still question my decision. Why <laughs> would you ever leave a job where there's abundant ice cream and candy? Right. It's... We were always the um, the most favorite house on the block because we gave out big chocolate. So we're going to come right back to talk uh, some more with Lynn Fisher, who is the CEO of Title 21 and her pivot from ice cream and candy to biotech. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction 
a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. Are you struggling with how to practice your faith at work? Get answers to your questions and much more on the Catholic Business Journal. Focusing on careers and business with a Catholic perspective. That's CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. The Catholic Business Journal, generating a return on principle. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willethauser Architectural Glass. Willethauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. Willethauser.com. Attention salespeople. Are you struggling trying to make sales on a daily basis so you can earn more money and enjoy a better lifestyle? Are you sick and tired of prospects telling you they want to think about it and not being able to pay your bills? End all that now by going to www.minutestosales.com and sign up for my free webinar. Hello, I'm Jeff Motter and I regularly hear from salespeople and business owners who are struggling to get more sales because they don't know how to sell in a clear and convincing way. And that was me when I started out in sales more than 35 years ago. I knew I had a great product that made people's lives better, but for some reason, I just didn't know how to tell people about it in a clear and convincing way. I couldn't even close the door, so to speak. But all that changed when I cracked the code. Since then, I've helped hundreds of people to understand the process and be able to sell at will. If you'd like to start making more sales immediately, sign up for my free webinar at www.minutestosales.com where you can experience for yourself my simple, amazing process and see how it instantly improves your sales ability. Go to www.minutestosales.com today and sign up for my free webinar. Talk to you soon. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, welcome back. If you've joined us, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today. We're talking with Lynn Fisher, the CEO of Title 21, about a major pivot she made from candy and ice cream to success in the world of biotech. You can catch the full show on TheMentorsRadio.com. You can also like us on Facebook at The Mentors Radio. Lynn, you did this work with uh, dryers, and then you moved to the wine group, which I believe is the third largest, uh, I guess, uh, company in the field of wine and, I guess, other spirits as well. Uh, what what led to that trend? Was it the acquisition uh, of dryers? It was no, actually, I left prior to that. Um, I'm not. I get bored quite easily, and I also love to learn. So after the 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 business was launched, the Mars business was launched, and it was just a matter of flavor extension, a chocolate M M&M and M ice cream. I kind of thought there's. I've set it up. You know, there's not nothing more I really need to do here. And at the time, my former boss from Gallo became the CEO of the wine group. So I got that fateful call, say, hey, listen, Lynn, we're in major acquisition mode. We've just um, acquired Glen Ellen and Concannon Vineyards. And I really need your help as a marketer to help develop these brands, reposition them, and help put Livermore on the wine map. And what was the, when you think of this, the years that you spent in brand marketing, there's two questions. What would you tell other people in companies that uh, may not really understand what brand marketing is? How would you describe it? I would say honoring a name, a purpose, Whenever 
When I was the general manager of the M&M Mars and Dryers Joint Venture, I had the very distinct pleasure to have four um, bosses that represented my board, and one was Frank Mars. And I made the commitment to Frank Mars that I wouldn't mess up <laughs> the Snickers brand. It's a multi, you know, built over a billion dollar brand or the M&M. So my purpose was to further the brand and protect the brand and honor that brand. Just like when the wine group took over the Concanon Vineyard, I had a meeting with Jim Concanon, who's the grandson of the original founder of Concanon, and I told him that my commitment to him and his family was to always honor the Concanon name. So if you approach as a marketer, as a business leader, approach marketing, honoring the name, whether it's of a family or of a company or of a product, that's always a great guiding light so that you'll always make good decisions then. And what, when you, uh, and first of all, this is Tom Laurie. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Mentors Radio, and we're talking with Lynn Fisher, who made the jump from the world of candy and ice cream to the and wine, and we're talking about the wine right now, to biotech. What um, were the real big takeaways from your, now we're going to move to biotech, but from that experience working with E&J Gallo, Dryers, Mars, and then uh, the wine group. What, when you think back, what was the real big takeaway for, for somebody that's thinking about their career? Okay, the big takeaway is innovators, corporate entrepreneurs. There's a saying that says, those who hear not the, mu- hear not the music think the dancer is mad. No one will believe you when you're in the early stages, whether it's of a company or brand development or new business development. They'll think you're nuts. It doesn't matter. Always have a vision, work backwards, and kind of bring today to that that future state. And I know your dad was a very important influence with regards to mentoring you through a number of these transitions. But what other people during that period were very valuable to you in terms of advice and counsel and direction? Well, um, you know, ironically, I've mainly had male mentors in my life, some great bosses, um, from my boss at Gallo, Doug Rogers, or then Jim Farrell at Dryers, and then David Kent at the Wine Group. Um, So it's really been that collection, but it's also been those who haven't been a great mentor to me. Those who kind of would put me in the box and say, oh, you know, what does she know? Oh, she's she's working on some new business that they want to put, you know, she wants to put Snickers in the ice cream and that might cannibalize our base business. So not everybody were like supporters and believers in me. And um, early on, um, I maybe because I was what they'd call a slow talker. Um, people would underestimate me, whether it was a academic biology teacher or a professor or a boss. And my dad, I was always get frustrated with that. And my dad gave me good advice. He said, Lynn, don't worry. That one day will be at your advantage of people underestimating you. You just keep going and doing what you know, you know, and growing and learning and doing your absolute best. And, you know, don't worry about them. And so it was his way of saying, you know, keep going. You define it. I believe in you. I was very fortunate that I grew up in a household where my parents always have believed in my capabilities and dreams. And even when they were disappointed that I'd move all the way across the country, they still supported it. In fact, um, they to, de- to this date, they're probably still waiting for me to move back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, that brings us up to uh, Title 21. So now you've got a family, you've got a successful career as a marketer. Uh, you certainly didn't change jobs after the first job because you had to. 
these became opportunities for you to look at. And now you faced with something else. I'm not quite sure how it came to you. I know, I know you were a co-founder and uh, the big investor in the beginning. But what's the story, the background story on that? Well, a couple things impacted it. First, um, my father, when I was 15 years old, he was diagnosed with late-stage melanoma. And um, I'm fortunate that uh, he was treated by the best and the brightest um, in those days. And uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering actually saved my father's life. He's now 81 years old. I didn't realize, but that had a huge impact on my desire to make a difference and have an impact. So once I had gotten the experience, um, I had a conversation with our our co-founder, and I said, you know, we're not going to be able to really um, get this technology out from behind a computer screen. You we really need a marketer, a salesperson. And um, he said, well, why not you? It was the first time, and I thought, me? I'm, I'm the least likely person to be prepared for that position. And um, But I said, I'll give you one year. I'll give you one year, and I'm going to give you my professional advice in marketing strategic planning if this is if there's something here that is marketable that the that could help patients. And a year later, I said to our co-founder, Ken Karimli, I said, you know what? You were wrong. I said, Title 21 is way bigger than you ever imagined. Our technology can really help save lives and improve patient outcomes. So what is Title 21? It's a solution provider, but what's the solution and what's the problem? Okay. So um, the solution is we manage all the data, all the electronic data. Um, it's a software um, f- to help a healthcare institution comply with all the regulations and standards. And there's quite a lot of documentation needed. And we began in the kind of in the blood business with our quality management, our document control, learning management, um, our nonconformance management. And then about four or five years ago, we recognized that the blood business, there wasn't as much of a a demand for blood. um, And there was so much um, exciting news and science in regenerative medicine. And so we've pivoted into regenerative medicine and cellular therapy. So, for example, our system is being used to manage all the data to calculate the dosage and to help process the stem cells um, derived from peripheral blood, cord blood, or bone marrow. And all that data so that um, the, the physician, the medical director, can then sign off on that product that it's safe to infuse in a patient um, to treat a cancer patient. So you're uh, right on the cutting edge. Oh, absolutely. And I, you're probably working with a lot of cutting edge companies. Oh, we are. Absolutely. We're, we truly are partnered with the leaders um, in cancer as well as regenerative medicine. We're going to jump to break. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to The Mentors, and we're talking with Lynn Fisher founder and CEO of Title 21, a biotech solutions provider. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. 
Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, welcome back. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today. We're talking with Lynn Fisher, the CEO of Title 21, a healthcare biotech solutions provider, about the pivot she made from ice cream, candy, and wine into biotech. You can catch the full show on TheMentorsRadio.com. So we've talked about your transitions. You're now at Title 21 as uh, a marketing uh, person uh, coming in uh, into that role, which is leveraging your past experience, but certainly a, a big, a different domain. About the transition itself that you've made, number of transition, what's the one nugget that you would share with somebody about transitions? Just be willing to learn, really willing to learn. Everybody says they're willing to learn, but you got to put a work into it. And what was the big change for you personally going from marketing a a consumer brand product to the marketing of a service in the biotech field? Really, it was learning the nomenclature, the vocabulary, all the acronyms. Technology is famous for (laughs) keeping the rest of the world out with all the acronyms. So first learning that. And really being curious. And I've always been curious. Um, so so it was, it was actually, I was most surprised at the fact that all the experience, all my past experience up to that point gave me great preparation. So even though I was in a different industry in healthcare and technology, and I had a lot to learn, the the fundamentals of business, the fundamentals of understanding the market, staying close to the leaders, innovators, um, really talking to the customers and, and being empathetic to what their needs are and what, what their pain points are was like the perfect training to be prepared to run the sales and marketing team. And you didn't stay there long. Uh, you then no. became CEO. Yeah, and actually, which is a very different type of a job than uh, being a vice president of marketing and sales. Yeah, yeah, it actually kind of was a natural progression um, because, as as more than anything, I learned the industry and I gained confidence, um, and I felt very prepared in every situation. And we had some pretty big wins acquiring um, very large institutions um, that. It became clear um, to the team and and to the co-founder that I I had the preparation and I had the skill set to do this, and the great thing that working for amazing companies like Gallo and Dryers and M and M Mars and the Wine Group is that I understood the importance of the company culture. So that set at the top and has to be driven at the top. And I think that's the main reason that um, I was asked to lead that role. And Title 21 has been named as one of the best, five best companies to work for in the Bay Area. 
What is it that you did when you came in and what you continue to do to create a, uh, that's obviously very culture driven. So what, what makes you different from a culture and a culture? It's really, I don't know what I'd say I would do different. I've done differently. Putting people first. Um, I tell our employees they're first. They're first above our customers. And that may sound crazy, but because we care about our people and our employees, they take care of our customers. Um, We also have been a lot more discerning about who we hire. They have to have the skills, but they have to have the will, the passion. They have to have the drive for the patient. And everything kind of falls out of that. I mean, yes, of course, we have great snacks and all sorts of um, great food we bring in. And we, we have a fun time celebrating Halloween and birthdays and things like that. But really, it comes down to connecting the head and heart of every employee with our mission and our vision. And as startups go and young companies, there are peaks and their valleys. What was the, or has been the greatest challenge that you had to face while you've been CEO at uh, Title 21? The greatest challenge is when a customer, a prospect needed our solution desperately, but made the decision to go with a much larger firm because they were fearful of dealing with a more innovative company. Um, That was hard when it became a political decision on the merits of our technology, um, absolutely the clear clear winner, but because someone didn't feel quite secure in their role as whether it's head of purchasing or an executive director at a large institution, decided to go with one of our large competitors. Um, That was hard. That was hard to swallow. But again, I went always just saying, and this may be a Pollyanna thing to say, but I would say to our team, they'll be back. And ironically, they all have come back. What do you do personally for self-improvement? Oh, my goodness. I do a lot. Uh, First, I don't start my day with, uh, I don't get out of bed without praying first, being centered. Um, I'm very grateful for the blessings in my life. And and also asking the Holy Spirit um, to work through me to serve others every day. I make a very deliberate and conscious effort to start every day like that. And then, of course, I do other things. Um, I love to walk and dance. Um, I'm a big believer in being the best version you can. But when you start your day um, with the 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 prayer and with co- gratitude and compassion and servitude in your heart. Um, God puts people in your way um, during the day that you just serve, and then you you ultimately become a better person each day. We'll be right back after the break with our guest mentor, Lynn Fisher, CEO of Title 21 one of the Bay Area's five best places to be an employee. I had like memory foams, I had feather pillows, and I'd always wake up with neck pain. After sleeping on my pillow, I didn't wake up with the headaches, I was more aligned. I didn't realize the connection between the pillow and sleep. When I switched to my pillow, I got a better night's sleep, and I love it. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and it holds that support all night long to take the pressure off your shoulders and keep your neck aligned so you get the best night's sleep of your life. MyPillow is machine washable and dryable and comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an amazing 10-year warranty. Plus, every MyPillow is made in the USA. I personally guarantee that MyPillow will be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632 and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. 
Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. Hopeinacan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, welcome back. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. I am Tom Laurie, your host for today. We're talking with Lynn Fisher, who is the CEO of Title 21, about her life and her pivot from ice cream, candy, and wine to the world of biotech and cutting-edge technologies. And your background really is not a a science-based background. It's communications and English. How have you been able to pick up the, I know you got the language right, but uh, what about your depth of understanding? Because biotech is uh, biotech, and it's uh, a very interesting area in its own right and certainly complex. Right. Well, I have had to learn a lot, Um, but the good thing is biotech is changing, especially with cellular therapy and regenerative medicine and immunotherapy. So everyone's being forced to learn very quickly. So the fact that I had to pivot and I had to learn, it allowed me to um, get used to learning. And so I've never stopped. And so the rate in which I can learn is pretty fast now. So you're learning with everybody else, it sounds like. Exactly. Right? And what, um, what, what do you want to do for your self-improvement? We talked about how you improve, but down the road, what are some of the things that you'd like – If you were to say this is a goal from a self-improvement standpoint, what are some of the things that you'd like to improve on? Well, continuing to practice my faith. um, One day, spend a lot of my time um, in philanthropic efforts, especially um, with uh, kids that have learning differences and um, dyslexia. That's a great passion of mine, Um, as well as just continue to have an impact. And, you know, I, my self-improvement is very much based on serving other people and doing a better job at serving other people and having the greatest amount of impact. Now, you you have children. Yes. How do you find balance? You've had a pretty exacting career all the way along. Yes. Yeah. How do I find balance? Um, Being in the moment, I'm I think because I'm a CEO, I'm a better mom. And because I'm a mom, I'm a better CEO. So each prepares, each role prepares me for the other um, with being kind and empathetic and, and approaching any situation with an employee with unconditional love, just like I do with my children. And then for my kids, um, 
giving direction um, and and enjoying the moments with them and making sure that they know they're absolutely the most important people in my life. Um, they also have um, done a lot to help me um, prepare for different presentations and trade shows. And, and so I've always, in a very positive way, allowed them to join me on this journey. And also with some of the disappointments and challenges so that they know that life isn't perfect and you just keep trying and you persevere and you have the faith and you keep going. And when you look back over your career and all the people you've met and interacted with, not who, but what differentiates those people that you found to be most happy and at peace with life? along the way? What are the attributes? Well, I think um, they're typically somewhat a person that's mindful and very aware of themselves as well as how they impact other people, for good or for bad. Um, I typically have found that they're faithful in whatever religion, whether there's Catholic or Jewish or um, Buddhist, that they practice um, their their religion, and I found that they tend to be happier and much more mindful of, you know, what they're doing in in the day. Well, as you know, we've run out of time, and it's been really wonderful having you here today. And we thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. I'm in the biotech field, as you know, so it's always good to be around somebody. We're not, I like being around a lot of people. But anyways, thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the Mentors Radio Show. We've had as our guest today Lynn Fisher, the CEO of Title 21. I am Tom Laurie. If you like what you've heard and want to share it with your friends, or if you tuned in late, you can hear the whole show. Get show notes, links, and more on our website at thementorsradio.com. That's thementorsradio.com. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Mentors Radio. Join us next weekend at this time for the next edition of The Mentors. Until then, on behalf of Rick Brutico and myself, Tom Laurie, be all you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.